return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. And uh, if we're not preaching the word, we're doing something wrong. Amen. That's what he wants us to do. That's his will for us is to preach the gospel. Amen. The good news of Jesus. And so tonight, I'm going to talk about the will of the Father. And uh, it's something that's just been on my heart uh, for the last week or so. And, um, you know, so many people misconstrue what God's will is for their life, or, uh, or what God's will is in general, you know. And, and um, so what does the Lord's will mean? You often hear it in the Bible, hear Paul talk about it when he's going to a place or coming from a place. You know, he said, told the Ephesians, uh, I think it was in Acts, that I will be coming back, God willing, right? And you, you hear about, you hear that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, "Not my will, but yours be done." You hear, hear it around spiritual circles and religious circles as well. You know, uh, a lot of times it's circled around, um, "Well, if this this happened, that must be God's will," or "This happened, that's God's plan for me." And so we often look at God's will in two ways. Uh, the first way is God's will for individual events in our life that shape who we are. Amen. So you hear a lot of times people will say that an event will happen. They'll say, well, that's just God's plan. Or that's God's will. And then the second way is God's will or plan for what he wants our ministry to be, where he wants us to be. You know, Pastor Dave and Jeannie, the last couple of years, two or three, four years, have gone to India and Africa. But I guarantee when they get back, they don't just assume they're going again, amen? They, they know that God has a will for them to go that next year, or he doesn't, right? And he, they pray about it, they're in the Word, amen? And so, really to know what God's will is, we need to know what God's Word is, amen? Because God's Word is God's will for our life, amen? Whatever he says in his Word, that's what he wants us to do, that's what he wants us to be, Amen? And so we, we can tell a lot, you don't need a special revelation, right, uh, a lot of time, but his word is simple. Pastor Dave talked about the simplicity that is in the word of God, amen. And so if we look at his word and we study his word, amen, we don't have to go deep, even though it says that our spirit, the Holy Spirit within us groans and wants the deep things of God as well, right, amen, but it all starts out with the simplicity and you know, what the Lord does is, is it might be a, a passage that you look at, and you're like, well, I don't know what that means. And maybe it's complex to you, but the Holy Spirit, you, as you search, search through the Word, and you start to piece together the context of what Scripture is saying, amen, God will put that together for you, and it'll make it simple. Amen. amen. So that's where the simplicity of Jesus came in. Amen. He spoke in parables. Why? Because it was easy to understand. Amen. And then he told his disciples in the quiet time, okay, this is the meaning of that parable, amen. And so, you know, God, God is, uh, he likes things to be easy to, to understand, amen. He doesn't try to trick us, he doesn't try to make it so complex that it could have maybe this meaning or this meaning, right? Because it says that there's no variation or shadow of changing or no shadow of turning in God, 
right? So we know that whatever he tells us, I mean, there's no sec- there's no hidden agenda, right? There's no, uh, you know, there's no subtweet to what God is telling us. Amen. And so both are perfectly acceptable things to wonder about, the events in our life and then where he wants our ministry to be. And I'm going to talk about the first, the first part here, the, the God's will for individual events in our life. And like I said, God's just put this on my heart because I feel like a lot of people don't misunderstand uh, when something happens in their life that maybe isn't good or a circumstance that isn't very good. It's easy to, you know, people uh, look at it in different ways. And so I want to talk about that. And, you know, this way is often skewed because of ignorance of what the Bible says. Right? And so we'll talk about that today. It's important to know God's will and to know that his will is his word. Amen. So what he says about you in his word is his will for your life. Amen. So to know God's will, we need to know what we need to know who the Bible says he is. And, you know, again, I think a lot of us know this. A lot of us know these things I'm going to be saying. But I think it's good to continue to review, good to continue to talk about. Amen. Because it's not just for us. Right. We go out to our workplace. We go out to our sphere of influence and we influence other people. Amen. And so all we're doing is equipping ourselves to go out, amen, to the people that we know, the people that we talk to and that we minister to. So it's simply, you know, this is simply what we know about our Father and about Jesus who has the same identity, amen. And I'm just going to go through a list of 13 things, there's a ton more, but 13 things that I saw that shows what kind of a God we serve, amen. Um, and just write down the reference, I don't, I don't have them up, up on the board here. But one, we know that he gives life and not death. It says that in John 10.10, right? Where he says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Number two, we know that he doesn't change. Hebrews 13.8 tells us that. That he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So his motives don't change. Who he is doesn't change. What he wants for you doesn't change. Amen. Number three, we know that he's love. First John 4, 8 says that God is love. Right? And he also says that we should love our neighbor as ourselves and love the Lord our God with all of our heart, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so we know that that's a, that's a product of what God is, is that we can love other people. I mean, it says we love him because he first loved us. He's the one who shows us how to love. You know, you know who talk about you know, people that, that don't know Jesus, that don't believe in Jesus, they bring up subjects of morality. Well, the only right way we know love, or the only way that we know morality, is through Jesus Christ. It's through God, because he loved us first. Amen? It's not that we just happened upon good behaviors or good thoughts or anything like that, right? It's God loved us first. He, he, he has this identity. It says that in, in Genesis, that we were made in the image and the likeness of God. Amen? And so his ideals are our ideals. I mean, his nature is the nature that he intended us intended for us. I mean, he wanted us to have a God nature. Amen. Uh, let's see here. Number four, we know that he wants us to prosper. He wants to prosper us. Amen. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. <clears throat> he says he knows the plans that he has for us. Amen. And he has the plans to prosper us. Amen. So 
God does have a plan for your life. Amen. He has a good plan for your life. A plan to prosper you in soul, prosper you in, in physically in finances and resources, prosper you in relationships. Amen. That's his plan, plan for you. It says he sanctified us and he set us apart from the world in 1 Thessalonians 4.3. So he wants us set apart. He wants us to himself. It says in, in the Old Testament that he's a jealous God. You know, he, he wants us to himself. That's how much he loves us. Amen. <clears throat> Number six, he's a, he provides a way out of temptation. 1 Corinthians 13 is the reference for that one. So whatever we're going through, whatever the devil is trying to whisper in your ear, God was able to make a way of escape. Uh, the seventh thing is God is light. 1 John 1.5. And then in, in John's first book, in the, in, the, in the Gospels, he says that um, God's life is the light of men. Amen. So our light, when we shine our light, amen, God's, God shines bright. Amen. So when we shine our light, people don't look at us, but they look at God. Amen. They look at his life. <clears throat> Number eight. We're almost done here. He gives us good things. James 1.17 says that every good and every perfect gift... It's from above and down from the Father of light. Amen. So imagine that every, every good and every perfect gift. He only gives us perfect gifts. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. So the peace that he gives you today is perfect. It's perfect peace. Amen. The, uh, the depth of his love towards you is a perfect love. Amen. You know, the word is simple, but there's things that we just can't comprehend. Like, we can't comprehend how much God loves us. <laughs> we can't comprehend the amount of peace that he gives us. It says that it's a peace that passes all understanding. It's amazing. Number nine, he gave his son for us. John 3.16. Number ten, it says God doesn't lie. He's not a liar. He tells the truth. He doesn't tell a version of the truth. Amen. He tells the whole truth. And that is uh, Titus 1 2. Number 11, his way is perfect. Psalm 18:30. It says his plan for you is perfect. Amen. His ways are perfect. So, it's, so his plans for you are perfect. Number 12, God is compassionate. Psalm 116.5. So God is compassionate. He has compassion for his people. That means he's gentle. He's kind. Amen. Like Pastor Dave said, he does, he's not going to yell at you and scream at you to get your attention. But it's going to be that, that still, small voice. Amen. And then number 13, it says he bears our burdens. Psalm 68, 19 through 20. And I saw two different, I was kind of, so I saw two different uh, translations. You know, different translations had these two themes. But one is he bears our burdens. And two is he loads us with benefits. That same scripture means both those things, and they're translated differently from the Greek or from the Hebrew. And I thought that was really interesting. Not only does he bear our burdens, all, he takes all the bad stuff. You know, he takes all the stuff that we're worried about and all the cares of this world from us. You know, Peter says that he, we can cast our cares on him. I think it's Peter, cast our cares on him, and he cares for us. Amen. But he also loads us with benefits. Amen. Think of you know, in, you know, when you're unloading a car. You know, and, you, and maybe it's, it's, it's you know bogged down with all this weight, and you lighten the load, you lighten the load, you lighten the load, 
Amen. And somebody wants to give you a gift, and so you put this gift back in your car. That's what God does. You know, he, he unloads our burdens just to load in our benefits. Amen. He wants to load our car up. Amen. So 13 things that show the goodness of God. And so if we put all these truths together, we see that he loves us very much, that he's a righteous God and he's trustworthy, amen, that he's truthful and that he only wants good things for us. Amen. So you look through scripture and you see just this nature of God and just picture the nature of God. We looked at all these things that he gives us, all these things that he wants for us, all these things that he is, amen, and we see that he is a good God to us. So Angeline and I went to a movie on Friday called Run the Race. And uh, Tim Tebow, executive, produced it. And I won't give away the ending or anything, uh, but it was about a football player who goes through various trials. And it was a really good movie. It really touching. A lot of sad parts in it and different things. Um, but one thing that always irritates me a little bit you know, with some of these movies is when bad things were happening, the theme was that was all part of God's plan. And... Um, you know, like I said, I just, I've had a passion about this topic, just that, that um, you know, how we serve a good God and how he wants to see us prosper and how he wants to see good things in our life. Amen. And the theme was that he somehow orchestrated these bad things happening to shape the life of these individuals. You know, and, and well, this is where I'm at and this is what happened, and so this must be God's perfect will for me. And now, we just read, right, that everything... In the Bible, it talks about God in us, amen, especially, you know, if you look look to at it with a New Testament lens, he only wants good things for us, amen. And I, like I said, I like the movie. I think you should go see it because it's really, really good. Um, but like Kenneth Hagin always used to say, uh, you know, when you're reading something and when you're seeing something, eat the hay and spit out the sticks, amen. We always want to be, we always want to go into something with our spiritual eyes, amen. And so... You know, I don't believe that everything is God's plan for our life. Everything that happens to me in my life, I don't believe that that's God's perfect plan for me. Amen. And I think, you know, the Bible backs that up. You know, the Bible, uh, you know, there's things that happen that, that God uses to bless us or uses us to, okay, how is Brandon going to deal with this? I used an example before. If I go to the grocery store and I'm shorted $2 and change of uh, from what I bought, you know, I don't think that's God testing me, saying, ooh, I'm going to short him $2 of change. Right, but no, this happens, but God says, okay, how is Randon going to deal with this? How is he going to, to deal with this? Or if they give me $2 more in change, okay, how is Randon going to deal with this? Amen. And so everything that it comes in our life, every situation, every circumstance that we have, amen, we can either see, okay, are we going to do this? Are we going to go down the righteous path? Are we going to go, go down this path, or are we going to go down this path? Amen. And so we want to make sure that, you know, while we know that God doesn't just give us all these things, as far as all these bad things that happen to us, but we can use those, amen, to give us perseverance, to, to increase our faith, amen, to increase our character, right? <clears throat> and so let's look at Luke 11 here. Luke 11, 9. Through 13, it says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, and we can put in there the Father, right? Everyone who asks the Father receives, and he who seeks the Father finds, amen, and him who knocks 
and the door of the Father will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. So in the in the scripture, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the Helper, God sending the Helper to you know to um, discern, to read the Word, Amen, to prosper in our life. But He also talks about fathers giving gifts to their children, Amen. And so if I'm going to give my son, if my son wants um, football cards, Mason loves football cards. If if he asks for football cards, and I give him like a bag of grass, right? Just pluck it from the ground outside and give him a bag of grass. He's not going to like that very much, right? That's not really a good gift to him, right? But if they ask me for good things, I want to give him good things. Amen. And if that's the case, then our Heavenly Father will also give us good things. Remember in James it says that every good and every perfect gift comes from above. Amen. And so and it comes from our Father, it comes from God, amen? And so, you know, it says earlier in Luke, it says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. So, if he gives us good things, and we ask for good things, amen? I don't know, I don't, do you, and anybody ask for bad things from God? I don't ask for bad things from God, amen? I don't ask for bad things to happen to me, so God doesn't give me bad things, amen? He, whatever we ask for, we receive, amen? And so, we know that he doesn't give us he doesn't give us sickness because I don't pray to get sick I don't I don't like getting sick you know um, we don't pray that we get into an accident I don't want my car totaled right I don't want to be in my car when somebody hits me from the side right so we want to see that our Father wants good things for us and nothing else Amen another take is that maybe it's not God's will so this is another common saying is well not everything is God's will. But this thing right here, because I did something bad, God wants to punish me for doing this. So this is happening to me. And like I said, I know, all of you guys know this. It, just, it, was, it was really clear in my spirit to, to speak on this tonight. But, uh, but this thing happened because God is, is teaching me a lesson, or he's punishing me, or I did something bad. And you see this you know, when, when Hurricane Katrina struck, struck New Orleans. You saw a lot of people say, well, it's the judgment of God coming down on New Orleans. Amen. And there's no biblical reason that God would want to punish us with sickness. There's no biblical reason that God would want to punish us with destruction or death, right? Or even make it part of his plan. The plan he had already happened when Jesus went to the cross. So if you go to Isaiah 56, 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded... For our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, for our peace, was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep, all we like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So Jesus took our grief, Amen. He took our sorrows, so that we would not have to be grieved or sorrowful. Jesus was already wounded. He was already bruised, amen, for the wrongdoing that we do and are going to do. 
And he was chastised for our peace. Our peace with who? Our peace with God. Amen. And so all these things happen. Jesus fulfilled by going to the cross and dying on the cross. Jesus fulfilled the wrath and the judgment that God had towards mankind. Amen. And so we no longer have to struggle with sin or judgment as far as, as, far as God being mad at us for, for doing something wrong. Right? Because all the wrath, all the things that he would have, all the punishment that we would have to endure was done by the perfect blood of Jesus. Amen. That's what fulfilled the old law, right? Because the perfect blood of Jesus only needs one covering. You only need one covering, one drop of blood. I think Deb's spoken that before. One drop of blood. Amen. A long time ago, I think a couple of years ago. And uh, it just stuck out to me. And so, you know, we look at things in our life. And we say, okay, this happened. Is this from God? Well, let's see. Is this something that Jesus already took on the cross? Amen? And so, is, okay, so we have, we're really worried about this one thing. Did Jesus take our grief on the cross? Yes, he did. Amen. I'm really sad about this thing. Well, did Jesus take our sorrows and our sadness? Yes, he did. Amen. I have this sickness. You know, maybe it's God's will for me to be sick in this area. Well, no, it says that uh, it says that by his stripes we are healed. He took our sickness on the cross. Amen. And it says like we have all gone astray and we have turned every one of us to an own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. So anytime the devil tries to attack you with, with thoughts of, God, you know, all these bad things are happening, so what am I doing wrong? Amen. What is God mad at me about today? Amen. When is he going to hit me with that big fly swatter today? Know that all the things that we could do, all the things that we could, uh, our, any of our wrongdoings have already been taken care of. Amen. And so we know that Mankind is at peace with God in a sense that God can't bring his judgment on mankind. And I say that God can't, right now, bring his judgment on mankind. Because or else he wouldn't be a just God. He already brought his judgment out on Jesus Christ. Amen. So he's not going to bring it again in this time period, right? There will be a final judgment. Amen. And, and uh, we're all going to be a part of the final judgment. Right? But right now, we are at peace with God. Luke 2.14 says... The angels were singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And so God only has goodwill towards us. Right. He only has goodwill towards, he only wants good things for us. Amen. So when someone says that God teaches lessons, lessons through death or sickness, or even that God will, is to test you through hardships, or test you by giving you hardships, right, it's wrong because it's not what the Bible says. If I tell Ryan my three-year-old not to touch the stove or you're going to get burnt, will I then force his hand onto the hot stove just to show him? No. Of course not. Amen. I don't want him to see what it, you know, if he doesn't have to see what it feels like, I don't want him to see what it feels like. Right? God isn't putting our hand to the stove. Amen. We are at peace with him. He doesn't give us something bad so he can take it away and say, look at me, I'm I'm God. Did you see what I did today? Did you see the miracle I, I I did through you. I gave it to you first, but didn't you see what, how I reconciled myself to you? No. In a common scripture, I think about this, is uh, 
brought up to offend God doing good things or, he just, or doing things to us just so he can heal us is in John 9. John 9, 1 through 3. And it says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So right away, you know, nobody, God says, Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. So we know that, that just because of our wrongdoing, God doesn't afflict us, right? And it says, but that the work of God should be revealed in him. So on the surface, it sounds like God blinded this man right from birth so that he could do a work in him. Amen. And, uh, you know, just kind of studying this out, I found out that this passage could also be translated in another way. You know, even translators made certain assumptions about scriptures. And we, we see that uh, Bill Vanderbush talked, to, talked about when the enemy comes in like a flood and how that, that comma, you know, is in the wrong spot. The enemy um, comes in, comma, like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Amen? So in this case, you know, the interpretation stems from a theology dictating that God is in control of everything that happens on earth. Amen. So, yeah, I, I do believe translation was given inspiration by God, you know, to translate into our language. Right. And I think 90, I read somewhere 99.7% of the Bible is translated, like, really, really good from the Hebrew and from the Greek. And so, you know, this is the, on the assumption that whatever happens is his master plan unfolding as he always knew it would or it wanted to. But like I've said, this view doesn't really add up to what we know about the nature of God. Amen. So when it, whenever something in the Bible doesn't add up, whenever we look at one scripture, we're like, well, that doesn't sound like God. Or, you know, why are all these scriptures contradicting what, what this says? Amen. Uh, there's so many resources out there. I mean, you have to make sure you, you know, which ones are good and which ones aren't, right? Um, but there is another way that this is translated in the Greek that exists. It says in 913, and I'll, I don't have it up here, but it talks about Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered, but let the works of God be displayed in him. Amen. So if you, put, if you change that word, it, it changes the whole passage. Right? Instead of, but that the works of God be displayed in him. It says, but let the works. So, yeah, this happened. Amen. But I have a better way for this guy. I have a better future. I have a better plan for this guy's life. But let the works of God, amen, be displayed in him. Despite what happened to this man from birth, I'm going to do a work in him. Despite what happened to you in your childhood, he's going to do a work through you. Amen. Despite what happened to you two years ago, He's going to do a work through you. Amen. we got to know that. we got to believe that. That God only wants good things for you. Amen. And so we know that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's another scripture, right? That's another scripture that we can line up. We can say, okay, okay, if Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and Satan is the father of lies, but it's impossible for God to lie, then we know that God doesn't come to steal, kill, and to destroy. Amen. But he comes that we have life. Satan comes that you might have death. Amen. Satan comes that you might have infirmities. Amen. But God, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So when a, hurricane or, when a hurricane or tsunami or tornado rips through a city, 
you know, and think of, like you said, New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina hit. You had a lot of people saying, oh, this was just the judgment of God on the city for all the wicked acts they do. God really got them. And as Pastor Dave pointed out, a lot of the damage was done to churches, you know, to, to people that, that, um, that loved Jesus, that served him. Amen. And, uh, you know, this is, is absolutely false. It really is. And, you know, but you have a lot of people. And I, I think about that movie, and I think about, you know, all these things happening, and, and it's very clear, you know, if, if you didn't really know anything, that that's what they're going for, that, that, well, this was just God's plan, and this is God's will, you know, that this happened, or that this person died, or whatever, right? And you have millions of people that are going to watch this movie. Tim Tebow has his name on the movie. And millions and millions of people are going to watch this movie, and, uh, and are going to think, and I, I, there was a couple of times in there, I was like, I, I put myself in the actor's shoes, or in the character's shoes, and I thought, that wouldn't make me turn to God. <laughs> you know, just really honestly thinking to myself, if, you know, and if, if I was told these things, I wouldn't want to serve God if my God did that to me, right? And so, you know, praise God there's a plan B, amen. Praise God that you can use anything, because it says, in, you know, Paul says that sometimes the gospel is spoken in truth, and sometimes it's spoken in pretense, which is, you know, falsely, right? But he says he rejoices, because either way, the gospel is being true. I do know that there are going to be people that are saved from this movie. Amen. And that is a good thing. But I do know that there, are going to, there would be more people saved, and more people coming to Jesus through this movie if it was taught correctly. Right? We know that he wants all people to repent, and because of that, he's patient with us. Amen. So, if somebody's wicked, and he, he doesn't, and, you know, we know that God doesn't judge him, judge those people, you know, by, by putting things on him, by, by destroying them. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord does not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Jesus wants everybody to come to repentance. Amen. He wants everybody to come to the knowledge of the truth. So he's long-suffering. Amen. Even if God's, you know, even if, even if, if everything that happened on, you know, on earth was God's will, it doesn't line up with the scripture because he's long-suffering. Amen. He wants us to live a good life. He wants us to live a life for him. Amen. All people, that's a lot of people. Everybody. He wants everybody to come to Jesus. Amen. We also know that he can only give away what he has, and what he has is in heaven. Matthew 6.10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it, is in, as it is in heaven. And that word will there in the Greek is the word thelema, which means choice, desire, or pleasure. Amen. So, your kingdom come, your desire be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So, whatever he desires for, for us in heaven, amen, whatever we have up in heaven, that's what his desire is for you on earth. Amen. So, his will towards us are only good things. Now, we know things do happen, right, because we have an adversary who's the devil, and because we live in an imperfect world. Amen. So, just because God's, just because God's will is only good for us doesn't mean bad things won't happen. Amen. One, either Satan's going to attack you because Satan does attack us, right? Or two, it's just that we live in an imperfect world. If I get, short, if I get shortchanged at the grocery store, I don't see that as an attack by Satan, Right? I say that was a mistake by the cashier, right? 
There's, there, there are things that go, we go through that are just, just kind of happen, right? Not everything can be attributed to God. Not everything can be attributed to Satan, right? Because we don't want to, we don't want to live in fear of Satan, right? He's real, but we don't want to live in fear. I know Smith Wigglesworth, Pastor Dave told the story before too, but I read in a book, his book, that one time he was sleeping and <laughs> Satan was sitting in the rocking chair by his bed and Wigglesworth woke up and Oh, it's just you. Goes back to sleep. And we don't want to be intimidated by by Satan. Right? But we know he attacks us. Amen. Ephesians six eleven through twelve. <clears throat> it says, Put on the whole armor of God, <clears throat> that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen. So we know we do war against the devil and his demons. Amen. We know that he is out to get us. Amen. But God has equipped us, amen, so that we can withstand the evil one, so we can quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Amen. And sometimes we know that things do happen by chance. What God wants to see is how are we going to handle those things? How are we going to handle those circumstances that we face? Amen. It can be something really big. It can, it can be something that's really bad. It can be something really small. But how are we going to handle those circumstances? Amen. How do we respond when bad things happen in our life? Amen. Or when we felt we've been dealt the wrong hand? Amen. Abuse, divorce, car wrecks, major injuries, life-threatening illnesses, all these things. How are we going to respond when, when these things happen? When Satan attacks us or when, or when, uh, or when, just thing, when things just happen? When, because we live in an imperfect world. And there's really three ways that we respond. One, we get mad at God, wondering why he allowed it to happen. Amen. And uh, I've seen that a lot, where people just, they don't trust God anymore because they see what happened in their life. And a lot of it is because of this thinking of, well, God did this to me. Right? It's sad. It's really sad because God's just sitting up there, no, I love you. I, I didn't want to see that. I love you. Right? That's why he has us. Turn away. The second thing is turn away from God and wallow in self-pity. I've been there. Amen. I had a friend uh, pass away when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I was really selfish. And I just kind of wallowed in my own self-pity. I was, I was jealous. I was mad that he was, you know, enjoying time with God. And I was still on earth. Just wallowing in self-pity. Right? That's the second way. Or the third way is we can turn to God and make the best of our situations. Amen. James 1, 2-3 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Amen. And it's easy to say it. It's easy for me to stand up here and say that until you really experience a trial. Right? My parents divorced uh, when I was 22. And, uh, you know, and that's not a huge thing. You know, comparatively to, to other, you know, what, what other things have happened in the world. But I took it really hard, right? Well, am I going to choose to, you know, just back away from God? Am I going to choose to just 
think that life you know, dealt me an unfair hand? Or am I going to run to God? Am I going to reach out for God to help heal that in me? Amen. Romans 5, 1 through 4 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Again, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. You know, that's another, that's another thing that God has for us is, is just a tremendous and abundant amount of grace. Amen. So grace to, you know, grace to fail. <laughs> you know, sometimes we fail. We do. Sometimes, you know, we break part of the, of the law, the law of love, right? Amen. But he has grace for us in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulate. okay, so we have tribulations, amen. We do have tribulations. But we glory in the tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Amen. To be a, a Christian, especially in other countries, and I know as the time even draws more and more near, that stuff is going to get into the United States. That stuff, I mean, it's just, the Bible says it. The Bible says so, right? And so, we're going to need perseverance, right? And perseverance produces character, amen? When you have to stand up for your faith, you're going to need a, char- you're going to need a character of God. And then character produces hope. And this hope that they talk about is the hope that Jesus Christ is coming back. We talked about last time, this kind of hope is a solid certainty, Amen. So we have a solid certainty that Jesus is coming back. Amen. So while it's not fun to go through tribulations, and while we know who the author of those things are, and you know the author of, of uh, death and destruction and and um, those, some of those things that happen in our life, Amen. The way you get back at the devil is by glorying in those tribulations. You know, if, one thing I've learned is if Satan is attacking you or he's tempting you in one area of your life and you start to beat him in that area, he'll quit trying to attack you. And there was somebody at work that I just did not get along with at all. And uh, worked for worked with this person for three years. And for the whole three years, it was just it was a pain. But I remember uh, about a year ago, I was praying, and God said, just pray for her. Pray for blessings for her. You know, I've heard it before a bunch of times, but it really at that moment became real to me. So I did, you know, uh, you know, just under my breath, just whenever I thought about it during the day, I just pray. I say, Lord, just bless this person, just just bless them uh, insurmountably, abundantly, bless this person. Amen. I had to I had to say it a few times before I started believing it. But amen. We say it first, and we believe it, right? But I remember, like, as I started doing that after about the first week, my relationship with this person got better. Our working relationship got a lot better. <laughs> amen. So whenever you start to do something, whenever you, whenever you work your faith muscles in one area, amen, devil's going to quit tempting you in that area. Amen. You think about Jesus when he was in the wilderness. You know, he tempt him, tempted him with everything that he could tempt him. And what did it say? After he was done tempting him, he went away for an opportune time. The devil's going to look for opportune times in your life. Amen. But when he finds out that you're strong in an area, amen, He's going to quit tempting you in that area. Because that's not opportune for him. Amen? And so we want to make sure that we turn to God, we make the best of our situations. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I, will, I say rejoice. Amen? So again, talking about this, having this joy, rejoicing in the Lord. 
We enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Amen. So no matter what the situation, Pastor Dave said this morning, you know, whenever he had a bad cancer report, first thing he did, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to live my life according to your word, not according to some report. Amen. Just about done here. Romans 8, 28. And we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. So what the devil intends for evil, God will work together for good to those who love him. Amen. And you see this. It says it in Genesis 50. It's our last scripture here. 50 verse uh, 19 and 20. I think I might give you a, a, just the verse 20. But uh, 19 says, Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. This is his brother's... Uh, um, uh, Israel died, and his brothers were scared that Joseph was going to come down hard on them, right? And Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in the for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as of this day to save many people alive. And again, you can look at the scripture and, and how it says it. It looks like like. Yeah, you, you did these things to me, but, but God, you know, really did it because he meant it for good. Well, this word meant is, is kashav, which means to weave together or generally to fabricate. So it's really saying that Joseph's brothers meant evil against him, but God, in the midst of that, manufactured or fabricated or weaved together something else out of it. Amen. Isn't that so cool? When, when devil means something for us for, for bad... How God just kind of sticks his foot in the door and he weaves together something good for us. Amen. Whatever you're going through, you better believe that God is looking to fabricate something better out of it. As Pastor Kevin would say, God reached all the way down to pull you all the way up. Amen. Sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes we feel that we're all the way down. We can't get out, right? The devil's knocked us down. Life's knocked us down. Amen. But God has some long arms. Reach all the way down. Amen. Go, go, gadget arms. All the way down. Pick you all the way up. Make you feel good. Makes you the head, not the tail. Amen. Makes you above only. He makes you above that pile of whatever's going on and not beneath. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for uh, just your will for our life. We thank you for how good you are. We thank you for all the promises that you have for us in your word. Hallelujah. That you want to prosper us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That you want us to have good relationships with our friends. You want us to have good relationships with our family, with our co-workers, Lord. Help enlarge our sphere of influence, Father, so we can share your message, so we can share your gospel, so we can share your good news of Jesus Christ with more and more people. Father, because we know that you will that all men be saved, that you want everybody to come into your kingdom that you are waiting, that you are coming back for a glorious church without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for a great week. You just declare a blessing of peace, Lord, a blessing of hope on everybody here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616.
You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.